0: The CNBC app. Global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights. All in your hands. Stay connected. Stay informed. Download the CNBC app today.
1: A very warm welcome, everybody. You're watching Squat Box Your Headlines this hour. Investors focus on earnings as Snap's disappointing second quarter sparks a sell-off in social media stocks. But US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is still downplaying recession fears ahead of a key Fed announcement this week.
2: A recession is a broad-based contraction that affects many sectors of the economy. We just don't have that.
1: Herbert Diess is ousted as Volkswagen boss as a supervisory board votes to replace him with Porsche CEO Oliver Bloomer.
3: Right. Elsewhere, Uniper shares are plunged by nearly a third as the German government agrees to take a 30% stake in the utility. And the World Health Organization formally declares monkeypox a global health emergency in the agency's strongest call to action since the COVID-19 pandemic.
0: We have an outbreak that
2: has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little, the global monkeypox outbreak represents a public health emergency of international concern.
3: So, you survived all the airports and, uh, and and the ports and Dover and all that kind of stuff on your holidays? Stayed away the, from the chaos, all of them. the nine hour queues at Dover. <laughs> stayed away from all of them. How is Blight? Had a staycation. and it I was know you lovely. did, and it was fantastic. It was lovely. Basically, you basically. 25, 26 degrees on average?
1: Pretty much that. The rest of the world seemed to be travelling south, and I was travelling <laughs> north. And actually, it seemed to work out quite so well. Let me right. You
3: didn't go near an airport? Nope. You didn't go near Dover? Nope. You didn't have to deal with uh, stroppy customs, either English or French? No, certainly didn't. didn't. And, um, you, and you ate well and you drank well and you had the hot heat? Perfectly fine. You yeah, thought fact, that England um, was so good.
1: I know. <laughs> in fact, I did uh, something I've been meaning to do for a long time, which did was uh, go up and walk a stretch of Hadrian's Walls. So oh, that's
3: lovely. There no, you go. So I was done, looking I'm, backwards instead of forwards. I've never done that. and I, right. Shame on me getting yes. to 45 and not having done that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and well, a bit of change. You know, I waited till I was 35. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Look, the only reason We're I mentioned your a couple
1: of porkies this morning, right? Aren't.
3: Indeed, indeed. But let, let, let's start off with one truism as well. A, you're going to an airport later, so yes, I am. haha ha. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, and B, I don't know if you're flying with Ryanair, but uh, let's just leave that one part okay. because other airlines are available. I'm pretty sure you're not actually. Yeah. Um, but Ryanair. Uh, has done rather well in terms of their share price performance compared to their arch-rival, EasyJet, uh, which is down 32% uh, year-to-date, whereas Ryanair is only down 155 So, yes, things are tough throughout the industry, but Ryanair making a better fist of it at the moment. And you don't hear about Ryanair when you hear about the chaos at EasyJet, the chaos at British Airways at the moment. Would you like to know about their numbers? Yes. Okay. good. That's good, because I'm going to do them anyway. Uh, 170 million euros after-tax profit for the three months to the end of June. That is beating the 157 expected. Too soon, though, to provide meaningful full-year 2023 profit after-tax guidance at the moment. So they can't give you guidance, and that's fascinating. Average fares down 4% versus the same quarter Pre-COVID, ancillary revenue, that's where they tried to sell you, I don't know, what do they sell you, food and scratch cards, isn't it, I think pretty much, Uh, and perfumes and things, Um, uh, climbed 22.5 to 22.5 euros per passenger as well. So ancillary revenue is increasing. Fuel hedging increased to 30% last uh, for the full year 2023 up to 80 percent carbon credits hedging uh, over 90 percent hedge for the full year 2023 at 55 euros do you want one or two more let's have a look um, they've agreed to extend most louder A320 leases by up to four years, following Boeing's failure to agree competitive pricing on a new aircraft order. Well, that is fascinating, not getting better pricing off Boeing. So a standoff there uh, from Boeing, which, of course, has had increased costs, as we heard from Phil Lebeau uh, last week at the Farnborough Air Show. And so they're increasing leases on 320s rather than the newer fleet for those planes itself, although we know that Ryanair's got a very young fleet anyway. Net debt reduced to €400 million. Euro's at the 30th of June, expects to improve balance sheet to a broadly zero net debt position over the next two years. Well, that is interesting when so much of the corporate world is so indebted and having to roll it over. They're talking about going to net zero and that's in debt rather than emissions over the next two years. Do You know, that's enough from me. Should we get to one of them again, we just keep giving him the most glamorous outside broadcast. I had to wait years for OB's as glamorous as this. Here he is, he's got a lovely smile on his face as ever. Arabile, I hope Michael is looking after you at London's Stansted Airport. Good morning to you, sir.
0: Yeah, good morning. Look, it certainly is a a more fresher morning, shall we say, right at Stansted Airport this morning. Yeah, having called out those numbers, 170 million euros then, is that key element, that key number that uh, Ryanair would be looking at? Of course, as you said, not necessarily as good as they expected. Pre-COVID numbers certainly not at those levels, but the one thing that is at pre-COVID-19 levels, however is airline activity. That's at 115% of 2019's levels. So that means things are actually faring quite well. The problem, however, is that the CEO of Ryanair, Michael O'Leary, has recently said that airline prices or the price of flights is going to have to go up over the next five years at the very least in order for airlines to remain competitive so that means that they're going to increase price on average uh, the flight the price of flights that is from around 40 euros uh, a, a flight to around 50 to 60 euros per flight, then. On average, of course, then, is that number. The other element to consider here is that workers are on strike across the board, really, uh, when you one looks at the likes of Belgium, Portugal, uh, Italy, even Spain. I make Spain my last note there because right now, today, you're going to see around nine cities in Spain where uh, Ryanair uh, staff are going to then go on what is a strike. Uh, they are saying that things have gotten back to pre-COVID-19 levels, according to them anyway, and they feel that they had taken salary cuts of around 20% during COVID-19, and if things are going back to some sort of normality, surely their salaries should do so too. So they're saying let's get back to some sense of normality uh, on that front also. The cities of Mayaga, uh, it just gets so interesting, the number of cities then that are going on strike. It has been a summer of strikes for them. Of course, these numbers coming up to the 30th of June, however, so the impact of this strike necessarily won't be made clear. But in June, there were quite a few strikes too. Um, terrific. Thank you very much indeed for
1: that. And just uh, in passing, you know, as these numbers continue to trickle in, probably worth just reiterating that point that it is fascinating that Ryanair don't feel able to give profit after tax guidance at this point. And I, I can understand why a lot of that may be mixed up with uncertainty around uh, what happens with COVID through the rest of this year and also around the oil price, quite staff, clearly, given the uh, hedging costs. position here. But interesting, I wonder if that just sets the tone for this earnings season that we get a lot more uh, com- uh, of these companies basically saying to us, a mm, little bit hard to give the guidance at the moment maybe we 'll just not put anything down in writing because of the uncertainty. I just wanted to uh, bring in um, Julius Baer as well, the Swiss bank because we 've had some numbers out of Julius Baer this morning and there are one or two lines in here that um, given that we are going to get UBS and Credit Swiss over the next few days. There are a number of lines in here, I think, that uh, people will be looking at very closely just to see whether that gives us any steer on whether we're going to get better or worse numbers uh, coming out of uh, these two major banks in Switzerland at the moment. So um, adjusted net profit, excluding m related items, down 25%. To 476 million. Adjusted EPS attributable to shareholders of Julius Baer Group down 23% to 2.27 billion Swiss franc. Um, The uh, company says uh, that the group has credit exposure to a single digit number of clients subject to the Russia related sanctions. The group is. Uh, applying all relevant national and international sanctions and has not onboarded new clients with Russian residents. Uh, it has initiated the wind down of its advisory subsidiary in Moscow in compliance with local regulations and contractual agreements. Um, the uh, group uh, goes on to talk about the uh, potential exposure it has to previous Russia-related business. Uh, Proactive management of risk and exposure related to Russia, validated by limited impact on assets under management and no associated uh, credit losses to date. Uh, Stronger net interest income, partly compensating for a decline in transaction and trading-driven operating income. And I think that line in particular will be combed over as we continue to focus on the numbers out of financials over the next few days here, just to see how they have been affected by reduced capital market behaviour.
3: You know she's not in today, don't you? Uh, the boss. The Swiss boss.
1: I do so understand. You don't have that. to go through everything Swiss in minutiae. But I think it's important that we focus though on some <laughs> of these early financial figures. <laughs> what you mean
3: out of like I, to I'm comparing sure she's probably to-
1: watching from Italy or no, wherever she, she is.
3: I at hope moment. she's not not she's no. on holiday. Yes. Um, but you but are off to Switzerland yes, later on today, I, I saw your little carry yep. on, well, rather than you. your motorcycle helmet for once, yes. uh, and you're off to Switzerland to cover UBS numbers first of all and then credit Swiss numbers, so yes, it's probably am. a good opportunity to compare and contrast Julius Baer to those yep. three, and I'll do it very, very quickly. Cool. Um, Julius Baer is a rare beast, it trades at 1.36 price to book, which is the key metric for the financials, mm. uh, and which is rare beast because it trades on US multiples, whereas uh, UBS, I can tell you, trades on about 0.8 uh, by comparison, but Credit Suisse, which is the, the calamity child of this sector at the moment, trades on 0.3. Mm. Then I took a very quick look at the share price performance over the last uh, year to date. Uh, and interesting, Julius Baer has lost 26% year-to-date, so some of that froth has come out of it as well, whereas UBS actually has only lost 3% uh, on the year-to-date. Credit Suisse, of course, uh, takes the Victor Ladoran for malperformance, down 40% over that period.
1: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to hear what uh, Ralph Hammers and Thomas Gottstein, respectively, mm have to say about the outlook from here on in because clearly the uh, the Swiss central bank has been getting in the game as far as interest rate hikes are concerned here the hope has been obviously that uh, they would see an improvement in the net interest margins and that seems to be the message from Julius Baer here to some extent offsetting what they see as uh, disappointing behavior mm. in the capital markets. So oh. uh, again, I think that's a very interesting line to explore because I know you have your own particular view about how challenging it is actually to offset the uh, the NIM loss and then ultimately is the NIM income sufficient to offset the decrease in activity
3: as a result. Sorry, Mm. there isn't even a doubt about this. Take a look Mm. at the share price performance of the major international banks uh, since interest rates started going up. Or this year, today, or yeah. it's, it's, it's almost incontrovertible. Uh, and also, then after Switzerland, <coughs> you're off to. Uh, I know. what a, Are you yeah, taking the gorgeous. train? Uh, I will. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it should what be. What a nice. lovely journey that will be. It's going to be a fantastic week. With your Julie Andrews uh, yeah. plugged into your. Uh, and you've your got a treat as well,
1: as I understand it. Mandy's going to be joining you on set for the rest of the week. I know.
3: That's I know. Fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so I've got uh, four days of uh, a seasoned yeah. anchor uh, who knows her beans. It's going to be terrific. I'll I'll be. be (laughs) Very good.
1: Um, Anyway, let's move on. Since we were talking about interest rates, the uh, Federal Reserve will deliver its latest rate decision on Wednesday with markets widely pricing in a 75 basis point hike. As inflation rockets over 9%, investors will be focusing on what the Fed signals for its September meeting with recession fears growing. Second quarter GDP due out this week is forecast to rise 0.3%, according to a Dow Jones forecast. Well, speaking to NBC's Meet the Press, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said growth is slowing across the U.S., but a downturn is not inevitable.
2: A recession is broad-based weakness in the economy, we're not seeing that now, and I absolutely don't think that's necessary. There are threats on the horizon. Yeah. Um, growth is slowing globally, and um, I'm not saying that we will definitely avoid a recession, but I think there is a path that keeps the labour market strong and brings inflation down.
1: Well, there you go. Janet Yellen trying to, uh, I think, affect uh, or, or change or alter uh, consumer behaviour here, because there will be those who are pulling in their horns at the moment and deciding not to spend because they're worried about the risk of a recession and interest rate hikes. Here, Janet Ye- Yellen, though, trying to do her best to persuade people that there is no recession in the offing.
3: Look, let, let me—I'm I'm loving the Women's Euro 2022. So let me give you a, a soccer analogy okay. as well. So Ellen White, our star centre forward, although mm. Russo's coming mm. up the rails, of course. Uh, if she's standing right in front of goal. A tap-in from six yards or a header from six yards from a beautifully placed corner from one of her team is quite easy for a centre-forward of her calibre. Think Janet Yellen, by the way, uh, or not Janet, uh, uh, Mr. Powell, uh, as that centre-forward now as well. So when it's obvious that um, you only have one economic problem or one economic issue like inflation uh, and growth's fine, then, then you can tap in quite easily from the six yards, can't you, really? But if you are on the halfway line, then you have to be a stunningly good centre-forward to hit that goal, to get the ball in Mm. the net without it being saved or going into row Z uh, of of the stand behind as well. Mm. And that is the problem at the Mm. moment. You are trying to shoot something which is actually a very small target. And that goal is actually called a soft landing. So to do that, when you have so many Factors going into this, including the slowdown which we think is happening in the labour market, mm. uh, this sky-high inflation. I believe that wasn't there some comment about 15% inflation in the UK before the, the the year's out as well. So you're trying to hit the soft landing goal, and that is a very very difficult job to do from inside your own half as well. And I think Mr. Powell will be stunningly. Good historically, if he manages to achieve it. But there are so many factors here that make that difficult.
1: Obviously, uh, running with your analogy, there is the greatest risk here of an own goal isn't there, quite frankly, because the markets already are beginning to price in the prospect of slower growth and recession. The fact that the 10-year Treasury yield is actually, what, um, at an eight-week low on growth concerns, it it is signalling to the broader financial community that the market doesn't believe that these interest rate hikes are not going to... um, Generate ultimately a significant slowdown in the economy. And despite Janet Yellen's um, best efforts at behavioral economics to try and convince people not to rein in spending because of concerns about rising interest rates, it does seem as though the bond market has already made up its mind here. The important question, still, I think, for everybody is what is the ceiling here? What is the rate at, at, at which we top out? and the federal reserve says enough is enough for the time being here because everybody's pricing in around seventy five basis points for this meeting now is seventy five basis points going to do the job and then we are done, and then we pause or do we then continue as long as we still see these high inflation prints?
3: Well, you can't follow the rate decision today, which is, or oh, the beg pardon, later in the week, Wednesday, mm. um, with really, really dovish language, can you? Because otherwise, oh. you're going to nullify the effects. Everyone yes. will just carry on as they were. So the yeah. communication thereafter, which will be very interesting to see what Mr. Powell has said, has to be hawkish, doesn't it? If, he's, if he says, we've upped by 75 basis points extraordinarily high for the second time in a row, oh, but don't worry, we're not going to do much more after this, then surely that's going to give completely the wrong signal that they want to see, to to douse that consumption, to douse those inflationary um, momentum that we're seeing in in so many things and coming through into second-round effects rather than just
1: food and energy. Yeah, so is it good cop, bad cop? Is this Yellen being good cop, Powell has to be bad cop at the meeting? We've got to have language that suggests there is further tightening to
3: come. The problem is, as well, is the good cop is now a politician rather than a central banker. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as such, she has to say um, soothing fiscal words, because otherwise her boss, Commissioner Gordon, uh, or or another (laughs) senior police person, uh, is going to have real problems in November. Um, Let's push on. Uh, I know we've got a guest
1: waiting, so we will uh, get to the break. Uh, Coming up on the programme, disappointing snap earnings spark a sell-off in social media stocks. Could this be the canary in the coal mine? For the rest of the tech sector, as Wall Street braces for a busy reporting week,
3: is, this, is the podcast worth it this week? I think it's. I think classic. it's really worth it's it today. Yeah, the one of the best we've had in the last three days. Uh, for more on the Fed's delicate balancing act and whether cooling record high inflation might tip the U.S. into a recession, check out the aforementioned Squawk Box podcast. The best one we've done in 72 hours. Oh, you missed something amazing by the way i know we got to move on but you missed something amazing a social media company added more users but lost more money i mean have you ever heard of anything like that i mean you and i've never talked about anything like that have we shares in snap closed down almost 40 percent after the social media company missed second quarter earnings forecasts on slowing ad revenue and declined to give guidance the snapchat parent uh, also said it would slow hiring amid weak revenue growth, but the revenue was still growing, which is interesting. So the stock was subsequently hit by a slew of analyst downgrades, which is interesting because a lot of analysts uh, are buyers of this stock and have missed the tumultuous decline. Anyway, after these weak and expected results. Elsewhere, Twitter shares closed in the red. After the platform, yeah, missed second quarter earnings estimates. Uh, revenue and user growth. The company cited headwinds affecting the ad industry as well as uncertainty related to Elon Musk's potential $44 billion takeover. Twitter also neglected to give guidance for the third quarter, again citing the ongoing legal battle with Mr Musk. Uh,
1: So there's a lot of tech earnings to come through this week. Um, Thursday, set to be the busiest day of the season stateside. Second quarter earnings have so far surprised to the upside alphabet, and Microsoft will hope. They can continue that when they report after the bell on Tuesday. Meta will publish figures on Wednesday after the close, before Amazon and Intel coming through with those figures on Thursday. Uh, what should we prepare ourselves for? Let's get to John Blank, equity research uh, at Zacks Research. John, good morning to you and thanks for joining us. Um, just try and pull the threads together for us. What, what can we anticipate in terms of the tech earnings?
2: Yeah. For first off, we've got uh, all these tech earnings are going to be after the market closes. So they're, they're obviously the most important ones for the week because yeah, they are putting the before market opens on other stuff. But what I would tell you, for, first of all, is we've got 21 percent of the entire S&P 500 market cap in four companies. And the big ones to watch for on Tuesday are going to be Alphabet. And I think it's going to be Microsoft. So those two big ones are going to report first. Then we're going to get Apple and Amazon on Thursday. So if I look at this and say to myself, you know, who should I worry about the most? I think you got to worry about the first one, which is Alphabet, because Alphabet has first been not trading up over the last month while the other three have. And that's just telling it the market just doesn't think Google is going to be able to escape from this ad headwinds, which is probably accurate. So you've got Google right out the gates. That's going to be probably a problem for you. And then at the end of this cycle, you've got Amazon, uh, which had a huge miss in earnings last quarter, showed us the lowest revenue growth rate in its history, and it's going to report, but on our system, we've got a huge earnings surprise in place for Amazon. So it might be the case that we start the, the four out with Alphabet and do very poorly, get a Google report that's very bad, and then actually end up with a surprise with Amazon. And the middle two, um, Apple and Microsoft, these two companies are probably the best position. The hardware companies, the true tech companies are probably the best position in this cycle. So they will probably do just fine. They, they manage their earnings pretty well. They'll probably give us a beat. It won't be very great. It will probably won't move those stocks. But at least we're going to get some stability out of these things. At the end of the day, when you make up a quarter of the S&P 500 market weight, these stocks are all you really need to pay attention to in terms of how the, the entire index is going to do.
1: John, obviously, um, the fortunes of these companies have varied over the last 12 months, but the trend has generally been much lower um, in share price terms. This week, we also have a, a big announcement from the Fed, and we are anticipating uh, another significant hike in interest rates. However good any of these numbers are, will they be good enough to offset Market reaction to the Fed's rate hike?
2: Well, the Fed's rate hike, as you know, is completely baked. And that gets us to 2.5 um, on the Fed funds rate by, the, by Wednesday afternoon. So we know that the 10 years at 2.8. So, what the 10 year to the Fed uh, differential is telling you is there's really, in the market's mind, only one more 25 basis point hike out there. So that gets to the real question here, that is, if the Fed outlook and the Powell presser comes out with an outlook on the, the path of the Fed fund rate for the rest of the year and into the next year, if that gets aggressive, if we get a Fed funds rate topping out at 3.8, which is what they had in the, in the last outlook, the market probably will not like it. And that will probably kill any of these earnings reports that we've been talking about. So the basic point I have learned is if you get to a terminal Fed's fund rate on this hiking cycle, if you get to a terminal Fed's fund rate above 400 basis points of increases, there's going to be a recession, no question, 100% of the time in the history. So this is the question we have to put ourselves into is once they get to two and a half, how much further are they going? That's the real question that's going to come out of Wednesday.
3: The blank, Good morning to you or good evening to you. Lovely to see you as ever. Look, um, these are terrific companies. Every single one of the four we're talking about, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon uh, and Alphabet as well. But the problem is the entry point as well. We all know that, that they have had a stunning rise up and have fallen back a little bit compared to where they were. Is now a good entry point for these four companies, given what you've just said? And I know you can't necessarily talk about all four, but do you think any of them look good value or any of them still look expensive?
2: Uh, price-earnings ratios on all these stocks, I mean, Amazon doesn't trade on price-earnings ratios, so let's throw that one out, out for a forward look on uh, you know, valuations, but the other two, three, are, are 25 to 20, and if you get the S&P 500 at you know, 16 or so on forward earnings, these are still pricey stocks. And a basic point I would tell you is I don't think that this is the bottom for these stocks. So, no, I do not think I would be looking for an entry on these, particularly when the Fed has to get out of the way. I still think, frankly, for the whole market, and that takes these stocks with it, you know, you got to wait till the Fed gets out of the way. It's probably September or October for that to happen.
3: Um, just go back a stage. Um, you, you mentioned right at the top, and it's a great point you gave in your extensive notes. And by the way, thank you for those notes. They're excellent. Uh, that These companies are 21% pretty much the big tech companies of the S&P as well. Is the destiny of the broader market intricately linked with the destiny of these companies, specifically these four that we're talking about? Or actually, can there be some divergence?
2: You know, I have to say to you that I think all that they're the, totally like. There's no way for these uh, stocks to, to go up or down and not take the market with it. You know, their, their market betas are actually not that high, but they're just such a huge weighting. Uh, there's just no way that you can get away from it. And if you look at, you know, the basic idea here is after 20, 25 years, these companies have converged to, to very similar, frankly, business models. And they, they've captured so much of the underlying space out there that there's just no way for for Somebody to find a big niche in the United States market and come to play here. And, you know, we thought 21% of GDP for these or market cap for these four, but then you've got to even think about what Buffett thinks. Buffett owns a huge stake in Apple. He would not be doing anything without Apple. So then think about the largest financial in the United States basically trading on Apple. And that's what his big idea is. There's just no way that this is going to help out. The only play you have here is the energy market and that's selling off so that's not going to help you so basically i would say for 100 percent certain you have to have performance out of these stocks carry the market forward and, and frankly maybe you will but we'll see
1: thank you for listening to squawk box europe
3: express for more market moving news you can head to cnbc.com
0: or join us again on this show with jeff cutmore steve sedgwick and karen show weekdays on cnbc